We answer our Patreon supporters' great questions. Topics include insurance for preppers, water, why do we prep when most don't, how to keep morale up, prepping to die, backup heat, weather forecast without the internet, and caching supplies. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two. One. Welcome everyone, this is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on this show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. I have a question for everybody. Do we love our listeners too much? And is that even possible? Well, we're going to find out. In this episode, we answer our Patreon supporters' great questions. Topics include insurance for preppers, water, why do we prep when most don't, how to keep morale up, prepping to die, backup heat, weather forecasts without the internet, and caching supplies. But before we do that, we should talk about a real life incident that happened and almost was a catastrophic incident. That was this week. There was a coronal mass ejection. I had no idea. Yeah, which is where the sun has big, huge flares of magnetic stuff. It hit Earth. Uh, Luckily, we weren't wiped out by it. But the point is, is that you don't have to rely on North Korea to create an EMP for there to be a problem with um, a pulse messing things up and crippling our world. Uh, It can be done by the sun uh, completely naturally. So the antidote to that is EMP shield, which is a device costs about three, $400 that wires into whatever you want to protect from a pulse. And uh, it's it's a $50 discount if you go to prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates page. You click on the EMP Shield logo and the discount code will be there. Get 50 bucks off, as I mentioned. Kind of a handy little thing. My point is, you don't have to count on North Korea to mess things up. The sun might do it on its own. And now Shelby has some administrative announcements that are very timely. Which are very fun. I mean, this goes to show how much we love our fans. We've been talking about it. We've been preparing for it, of course. And now it's upon us. The Picnic Palooza in Missoula is just a few weeks away. July 30th. It's an all-day event at the Fort Missoula State Park in Missoula, Montana at the Bella Vista Pavilion. We've been talking about it and I just this last week did a live feed video that I pinned to the top of the Prepping 2.0 Facebook page. Again, you can find that at prepping2-0.com. We have three confirmed guests, uh, Matt Shea, Mm -hmm. uh, former representative out of Eastern Washington, as well as John Jacob Schmidt and Lady Liberty from Radio Free Redoubt. We've had them many times on our show. They will be coming we actually have a fourth guest. We have a fourth guest, That's yes. That's right. Tell everybody who the fourth uh, guest is. A very is. special person to me. And for those of you who have been through and walked through with me the crisis when Glenn went on a ventilator, you know how important this man is. He is the hospital chaplain, John. I call him John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He's like seven foot tall. He's not yeah. quite that tall, but he's an incredibly tall person. That's how I always remember him. And he will be coming and sharing with us and giving us the word of God, which is great. And telling the story about how... How, how close I was to dying and how the prayers that all of you yes. sent out. That's the whole purpose of the picnic. I mean, you can have a picnic anytime, you know, paper plates and all that kind of stuff. That's not what this is about. This is about our opportunity, me and Shelby, having the opportunity to thank you guys in person for all you did and to hang out and have fun and Absolutely. listen to great speakers. We're going to do questions and answers, which is uh, apropos given that that's what we're doing on this episode, but it's going to be live questions, live answers. It's going to be fun and you can meet people uh, from your area probably, and they're going to be great networking people. Yes. And so it's just a whole lot of fun. And who doesn't want to be in Western Montana in late July? Oh, it's just gorgeous. So again, I want to, I don't want to spend a ton of time kind of rehashing kind of an administrative um, details uh, that I put out on a live feed video. And again, I've pinned it to the top of our Facebook page so you can see it right there. It talks about kind of the agenda, potential needs we might have, guests we're going to have, the food situation, all of that. So please feel free to go check that out at the Facebook page. Lurkers come out of the shadows. What does that mean? What is a lurker? 
A lurker is somebody who listens to the regular show, and we appreciate it and we love oh, it. Either on the podcast or the radio, we're on several radio stations, who listens to the regular show and says, well, uh, the goodness of Prepping 2.0, I'm, I'm fine at 52 minutes and 42 seconds, which is how long the regular show is. Given that we're on radio, we have hard breaks and we have to end it at a particular time. Uh, 52 minutes and 42 seconds of goodness is enough for me. I don't need any more goodness. Well, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get the after show, and that's two bucks a month. And if you are at the $5 and up level, you get all of our video bonus shows where we're showing you, among other things, the improvements we're making to the homestead, which is kind of motivational and gives you some ideas. And also you get my KHNC shows, the videos of me um, on a radio station doing a one hour show. So it's great. And you know what else you get, Shelby? Don't answer. You, the other thing, because you're sneezing, see Excuse how professional oh I am? Gosh. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Excuse me, it's like I do this. Um, the other thing that Patreons get, and there's a bunch more stuff, by the way, but one of the things timely that's coming up is I put up a post uh, for Patreons to respond to and be able to see about recipes with survival prep foods. And there are some great recipes on there. So you're always getting all kinds of cool stuff by interacting with the Patreon community, getting the after show, getting the video bonus shows. So we encourage you guys. Oh, by the way, I say encourage you guys. It worked. Last week we did a, a lurkers thing that we haven't done in probably like a year. A tremendous uptick in Patreon support. My point is, is that a ton of you guys... Uh, listened to the lurker thing and said, "I don't want to be a lurker anymore." Or they didn't realize what it, what it even how t the mechanics of even becoming a Patreon member because we have so many new listeners. Yeah, and the mechanics, by the way, are going onto our website, prepping2-0.com, and on the upper right, there's a reddish orange. I don't know what color it is. I don't have the Crayola 64 colors in front of me to tell you what, what well, the name of the color like, is. It's like a straight line with a red dot. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's You'll see it. very abstract. It, exactly. And it's and you click on that and you can become a Patreon supporter. Or you can just Google Patreon Prepping 2.0 and find it. Enough about that. Let's get into it. Well, I wanted to let you know as I have, that one of the benefits of being a Patreon is getting to ask us questions and having the answers read on the air. This episode is chock full of Patreon's questions and our answers. And let's just get into the very first one. And kudos to yeah. all of the new commenters. Yeah. We're seeing new names and new engagement. And, and I love it because it just brings such a fresh perspective. Absolutely. Love it. Go we for love it. it. So You're take the first our first one. question, yes, is legally themed. And uh, I'm a lawyer. Don't hate me. Um, and Ooh. it's from the Pritchetts and the Pritchetts. So I'll say they I'm not sure what his or her or uh, their pr preferred pronouns are. I'm going to go ahead with they since it's plural. And that's how the English language is structured. No need to come up with fake nonsense about pronouns. Anyway, enough of that. The Pritchetts ask. Uh, you've mentioned carry insurance before. As a lawyer, are there any other insurance policy categories beyond the standard auto home type policies you would suggest for preppers? Uh, my company offers legal insurance, which has been extremely helpful uh, dealing with a few traffic tickets. Should preppers look at having a lawyer on retainer given our litigious society and the way the general population seems to have a lot of ill will towards preppers. Wow, there are several questions in there. I will unpack them one at a time. First one was, he says, you've mentioned carry insurance before. What he's referring to is U.S. Law Shield, which is a magnificent program. It's technically not insurance. There are some regulatory reasons why they can't call themselves insurance, but it's functionally insurance. It's, uh, it's about $110 a year. And uh, it's, you get 14 months for the price of 12 if you go on prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates, and click on the U.S. Uh, Law Shield thing. Uh, and it's like 10 bucks a month to add a spouse or kids or something like that. It's self-defense insurance. They will provide you with an extremely good, actual, professional, legit criminal defense attorney. If you're involved in a self-defense situation, both the civil stuff and the criminal stuff, even if you did nothing wrong, you may have a prosecuting attorney who, at least initially, doesn't understand that it was justified self-defense and maybe, you know, does a grand jury or something like that. And then you have to pay for all the legal proceedings that come with it. It's such great peace of mind. And that's what he's talking about with carry insurance. Highly recommend U.S. Law Shield. 
um, go onto our website and find it. And he says, or he, or they, pardon me, I said he, didn't I? I, oh. I, mis- I potentially misgendered the Pritchetts. I feel terrible. No, I mispronounned. I don't. I'm getting a, all balled you're up getting in it. Stuff. Yeah, it's okay. just carry I'm just on. gonna just talk like a normal human being <laughs> and not worry about I don't know the tyranny of political correctness. There right, you go, which is not really a factor here on Prepping 2.0. Um, they ask, as a lawyer, are there other uh, insurance policy categories that I would suggest? Um, he says other than, or yeah, he says other than standard auto home policies. I'm going to actually talk a little bit about those kinds of policies first because there's some important stuff in there. I'm a big believer. As much as I dislike insurance companies and I sue them pretty often, I I don't think that they're um, awesome people. To be quite honest, I'm, if I may generalize, I'm a big believer in having insurance and and getting as much insurance as is reasonable. On auto policies, I'm a believer in full replacement value because here's the thing, inflation. Insurance has really changed in the past year or so. It used to be you could get, you know, um, the, the whatever it is, not full replacement, but the standard insurance where they tell you what something's worth. Blue book value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, have a case. I'm I speaking in blue book value. I have a case in which the blue book value on a truck that a hardworking guy uh, had stolen by his ex-wife, I'm doing that case for free, by the way, because it's outrageous what happened to this guy. Um, His truck, a blue book value was $10,000, 2005 Chevy Silverado, 2,500 with a bunch of cool features. He showed me Facebook marketplace ads uh, that showed it was uh, there was a twenty thousand dollar asking price. Kelly Blue Book is half of what the real cost is because in in Montana pickups kind of a big deal. Um, maybe pickups don't sell for much in the Chicago suburbs, where maybe these these Blue Book values are generated from. But I'm telling you, Blue Book's a joke. So let's say your car gets totaled. Oh my goodness. And uh, it's a $20,000 replacement cost because you have to go out and get another vehicle, right? That's the thing. You can't just, you know, <laughs> just take the, the check. I mean, a lot of people think with insurance, they just get to keep the check. Well, you got to replace whatever it was if you want to still have whatever it was. So um, re- full replacement value is highly recommended. And the same applies to homeowners insurance and fire insurance and earthquake insurance flood. and flood insurance. Mm-hmm. Really look at your policies because um, a lot of them have caps on the amount of money that you can get for a total loss. And those caps are, in some cases, half as much as it's really going to cost you. The whole point of insurance is to be made whole if something bad happens. Spend a little bit more money every month and actually get made whole. Uh, because with inflation, I can't stress it enough. You, everyone needs to, to look at their insurance policies over and over again. No, this is not the Dave Ramsey show. No, we're not giving out financial advice. But if you're a prepper, you know, having having your car totaled or if you're my client stolen by his blank bag mm-hmm. ex-wife um, is, is something that could financially devastate you. So and then and then the Pritchett's. Um, say that their company offers, and I guess as a fringe benefit, legal insurance, and that's prepaid legal services, um, and that's a great benefit to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little down on prepaid legal services because it's been my experience, and there's only been like one or two instances, so I'm not saying this is scientific, but my experience has been the lawyers that do prepaid legal insurance have a just a high volume practice, and they'll send out like one letter one demand letter and that's it. It's not really full legal representation. Right. Now it's very affordable. I think it's like, you know, 40 to a hundred bucks a month or something like that. So it's pretty affordable, but just understand you may not be getting like the full on legal services you think you're getting. So I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and then the Pritchett's ask, should preppers look at having a lawyer on retainer? Um, I, I think not. By the way, lawyers being on retainer is kind of an old time mm-hmm. practice. I mean, it used to be that businesses would hire a lawyer for, I don't know, making this up, you know, 100 bucks a month or something. And that lawyer was always on call and would do everything, you know, flat fee. 
I don't know any lawyers that do retainers anymore because you can't predict what stuff's going to cost. So I don't even think that's a thing. I think, though, you should have a good lawyer in mind um, and not me because you guys don't even know my real name. So this is not an ad for my law firm or anything. I'm not going to tell you who I am. So I'm not. It's going to be impossible for you to hire me is my point. But you should start looking around. There are a lot of awful lawyers. I am telling you. I won't go into the whole story. I just dealt with one uh, this week. One of the absolute worst briefs I've ever read in my life. Absolute garbage. It was embarrassing. It was like Joe Biden was writing it. It was so terrible. And those kind of lawyers are lurking out there. And uh, if you just, uh, old timey reference, open up the phone book, which doesn't exist anymore. If you just, you know, pick them at random, um, you could be putting your liberty or your finances in the hands of somebody who sucks and you shouldn't do that so kind of shop around ask who's good um, and really start doing your research now because it's something that could come in really really handy well i'm going to pitch in here because um what in regards to this point how important it is to just know good lawyers um, two examples. First, let's go back to, again, when Glenn went on the ventilator and I'm battling a little while well, I was battling with the hospital over your course of Who care. Who seized your ivermectin you tried to smuggle right. in. And, uh, complete, True story. And they uh, did not follow their patient bill of rights in terms of that. And so because Glenn is a lawyer and I know who he has befriended. I ha- I knew exactly who to call. One of the best lawyers in Montana. One of the best lawyers. And he met with me. And the discussion was, if I take this case, we need to start talking about an agreement and a, and, and a fee. And I was ready to do that. Turns out God, didn't God intervened <laughs> and he was starting to get better. So I wouldn't say it's necessary, and correct me if I'm wrong, Glenn, to get a retainer so much as know somebody so that when you need to pull that trigger potentially, you yeah. know who to call on. The second example to that, when you were getting ready to go on the on the ventilator, you and I were talking and we were saying our goodbyes mm-hmm. because we thought you we'll might- We'll be talking you, about that when the, when the question's yeah, coming and up, be coming up. to die. But one of the things I said in regards to your estate, you said this is- a different lawyer who deals with estate planning said, this gentleman, and I know who you were talking about, is who you want to call for that. Yeah. So it is good to know, good to have those names, have a friendly relationship maybe, or I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? But because I knew those two gentlemen in their name, I knew exactly who to call in when I needed them. I think that all people really need to do as far as prepping goes is do a little research, find out who's good, have a name in mind, maybe write it down, and don't pay them any money until right. you need to. And they're not going to accept money until, yeah, exactly. until you're really well, ready to get some serious. some scumbag lawyers will accept money for not doing anything, but it's one of the reasons I don't like lawyers and don't hang out with them. Um, and But just have somebody you know that you can call, for example, the right. one you mentioned, the two you mentioned. So anyway, we've beaten that up to death. This is not uh, Dave Ramsey and this is not nope. a legal show, but um, the Pritchett's bring up a really Those good point. Those are great point. questions. Yeah. What, what's nice is we were talking about this before the show. We don't have a ton of questions this time, but they're they're meaty. They're so meaty. That's re- right. Why don't you go into yep. the next one, which is pretty meaty. Bill asks, I've often heard and believe that water is one of the most important preps. Agreed, Bill. At a time when much of the nation is suffering severe droughts, what are some important things to consider? At our homestead, we have a hybrid well rainwater catchment system. Yet what do you do when your well runs dry and there's no rain? Thanks for all you do, Pastor Bill, Medina Community Church. Yeah, some thoughts on this. Um, and if I cut you off, I apologize to no, you. Um, see- first of all, we did an entire episode. I think it's one of the best episodes we ever did. It's it was incredibly comprehensive. Episode 90 off the top of my head. And it's all about water. Water is a system. Like everything else we talk about, there's a system to these things. It's not just one thing. It's not just ammunition. It's magazines. It's guns. It's training. I mean, there's so many components that go into anything. And water is the same way. So water starts off with a source of water. You have to have a source of water. And we'll get into the details of each one of these parts of the system. You need to have a way to treat water. 
you need to have a way to store water, even small amounts of water for, you know, almost immediate use. And you need to, depending on where your source of water is, have a way of transporting water. Water is very heavy. So going with this source of water, um, we have, we're very, very blessed. We have a very robust creek running through our property. Well, and go ahead. I, I have some thoughts on this, but yes, go ahead. Well, no, what are your thoughts? People want to hear them. Well, they're, they're tuning in to listen to your I thoughts. What I think is interesting is um, Bill, not, yes, Bill mentions that there's drought in most of the country. We're in western Montana, so all that footage you saw of Yellowstone getting flooded out a few weeks ago, our little creek yeah. became rapid. It was rapids. It was very high, and it was good for us to see how high it could get, and it didn't hit any sort of um, flooding level for us. But I wanted to just say, uh, yes, we're different in that sense, and I wanted you to complete your thought, because then there are those people who live where the water literally shuts off. So go right. ahead. So obviously, their typical sources of groundwater would be surface water, which would be a creek or a crick, depending on where you're from, uh, a lake, a river, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then and groundwater, well water. Um, and the thing about wells, um, often, at least in the West where we're from, you need to go down like 400 feet to strike water. I mean, it varies. Um, some places in the country, I guess it's only like 20 feet. Well, that's uh, considered surface water too. Yeah. Well drilling is... Um, and these are, you know, prices as of last week. So they'll probably be higher by the time you listen to this episode, it's like 40 bucks a foot. So 400 feet is $16,000 for the well drilling alone. So, and the other thing about wells that people don't appreciate until they've really kind of sunk their teeth into this, that is to say, if you're just one of these kind of skim the surface kind of preppers like, oh yeah, well, okay, I'll go get a well. I'll, when I need it, I'll get a well. Number one, you need to have about $16,000 depending on where you live. And number two, you need to have a way of pumping the water from the ground up. And if you think you can just do a hand pump, um, first of all, you should always have a hand pump backup. However, physics being what they are, you can only use a hand pump for water that is relatively shallow because unless you're like the Hulk or Superman, you can't put enough energy into a hand pump to bring water up, say, 400 feet. So you need to think these things through. And then there's rain catchment, which is kind of a hybrid of surface, which is a great thing to have. Um, and that, by the way, is a way people in Alaska, for example, um, oh, get their the water. Desert. Yeah, they get their water that way. So this is such a huge topic that we're going to have to start up on the other side um, on the beginning of segment two with it. But before we go out to segment two, Shelby has some things to say. Yeah, we always want to give a great shout out and thank you to our sponsors of this program. You can find all of them at our website, prepping2-0.com, listed on the Friends and Affiliates page. Um, and you can find their U.S. Law Shield. We've already talked about them. Jared Savick, he might be at yeah, our event. You might you, get to meet him. He's a great guy. Yep, you can find Montana him. Montana Realtor. Exactly. Find him at redstate-realtors.com. Katie Armour. Backwoods Home Magazine. Again, Lizzie McDaniel, look her up at Red State Realtors under Tennessee, My Kind CBD, and New Mana Foods. What a great way to stock your shelves. Folks, we have some more thoughts to give to you that we've learned about water and so much more on the other side of the break. Don't go away. We'll see you. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. 
Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Old, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining up with us again. We're answering Patreon's questions today, and there are some really great topics coming up here in this segment. As usual, this segment will end just as we're really getting started, but Patreon supporters will get to hear the whole show and what we call the after show. But first, Glenn, an important item about our personal food props. Do you have someone in your family who's addicted to a substance? I do. Her name's Shelby, and she's addicted to Minuteman coffee. And I'm really glad she is because she's <laughs> way really more spunky and fun when she has it. Minuteman coffee is a great friend and supporter of this show. You can get the I Miss America blend, which is our own show's blend. I Miss America being a phrase in the 299 Days book series that I kind of sort of wrote. Another item about Minutemen that should be of interest to you is that the founder, the CEO, the head dude in charge of Minutemen, Don Amon, is going to be coming to the Picnic Palooza. And he's he's not selling coffee. He's just coming because he wants to hang out. He had a really, really bad bout with COVID and almost died. And uh, he and I can relate to that. So if you want to meet the man behind Minutemen Coffee. And we had him on a guest this week. Yeah, he's been a guest twice. Yeah, he's been a guest twice. So very good guy. So we highly recommend Minutemen Coffee. Go ahead and go on to our website, prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates, Minutemen Coffee. Click on there, use the coupon code, get a discount, become a subscriber. It's the way to go when it comes to that. Well, we are also members of the Firearms Radio Network. We're affiliates. There are 28 shows, and we're one of them. We're very proud to be so. And every week we do a spotlight of one of the shows on the Firearms Radio Network. This week our spotlight is The Mag Life, and uh, it's hosted by shooting instructors Daniel Shaw and Varg Freeborn. I'm thinking Scandinavian. They sound like people that we've had on our show recently. Well, we did. We had we had the Swedes uh, yes. were on our show when we were on and their show. And one of their names is Varg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Varg. 
Stop. She hates it when I do the Swedish, Swedish chef. chef. She hates that. So I can tell you a little bit about Daniel Shaw. He's been an instructor for a long time. He's had different podcasts. I've been listening to his podcast on and off for probably 12 years. Incredibly good guy, very knowledgeable. It's it's a great show if you're into the gun community and you want to know what's coming up. It's about self-defense mindset. Well, now we'll return to Bill's Patreon question, which is on water, and Shelby's got some thoughts. So I've got a couple of thoughts for folks here, um, some new information that I've realized. So I have looked pretty deeply into this question, and we used many much of that knowledge when we did that show, gosh, forever ago. Um, I recommend a cistern, a catchment system, a storage system. Yes. And I think it is very dependent upon where you live, <laughs> where to do that. I know someone who lives in a fairly urban environment that has a cistern in his garage. Mm -hmm. I know. What is a cistern a and cistern, how do you spell it so people can search it for it? It starts with a C, C-I-S-T-E-R-N. Yes. It's a, it's a big tank. Yep. It's a big tank. That a you lot of them are underground. A lot, they can be underground. They can be above ground. This person's obviously above ground. It's a way to store water. So especially if you're able to come up with a catchment system for rain, especially if you're homesteading in dry, like Arizona desert type climates, where especially in the summer you have a major downpour of water and then it goes away, um, being able to control water flow and to store that is very key. One of the cool things about many cistern systems is that they're hooked up to whatever source of water you have. Let's say it's a well, and it basically tops off the cistern. So if you have a 500 gallon cistern and you use 100 gallons, the well will pump another 100 gallons in. It's yes. all automatic. You don't have to go. It's not like you have to roll up with a hose, you know, and fill it up or something like that. And so your well automatic. It's like a toilet that refills the toilet right. bowl, basically. It's got like a little bobber thing. I mean, it's basically the same stuff. There's some great systems. And yeah. so you all, always have a full cistern and it's a great way to store water because you can't really just, you know, get all the water out of a creek or something like that that you're going to need. You need, they say, about 150 gallons a day in modern life. Obviously, during a collapse, we won't be living modern life. You need an absolute minimum, like you'll die without this minimum, of a gallon a day. But everybody forgets about all the other uses of water. There's there's cleaning, there's cleaning clothes, there's Sa cleaning yeah, dishes, sanitation. there's sanitation, there's all kinds of stuff. Watering crops, there's another huge use of water. I'm realizing that now. Now we have two wells and we have two water rights and we have a creek right by our house so that the groundwater is constantly recharged much like a cistern from the creek new information on that i found out this okay. week this is this is breaking family news breaking family <laughs> prepping news so one the second well that we have on our property is the permit for it is for agricultural use mm -hmm. that is the well cap that i specifically had our green and if you're a Patreon, you've been watching the progress on this. Um, specifically had our greenhouse built right next to that well cap so I could put in um, irrigation to the greenhouse and to the subsequent garden. I put in a lot of effort into using that well cap, which the previous owner put in but never really used for hmm. agricultural purposes. <clears throat> so had our irrigation guy come in and said, oh, that's a great place to put your greenhouse right next to the water supply. Dug so we did. So we did. So we dug down and realized that the previous owner did not put on a gauge. In other words, the ability to um, hold back the immense pressure, 100 gallons a minute, it's got really good pressure on it. Too good. Too good. So if I put a hose on it, I will bust a hose. I, The hose that has to be put on it is really for agriculture, like a big, like a fire, it looks like a fire hose that can water a field. I need to water, you know, my lettuce. So he said, let me see what I can find out. He calls me yesterday and he says, um, did you know there's a stainless steel shortage? I'm like, I did. And he, and he said, my well guy has been absolutely harping on his his one supplier there's one in the country apparently for making the gauges for this very purpose all over the country and he's and he's been putting them off the the supplier's been putting it off putting it off and finally the supplier said this week it's we have no idea 
So if you're going to dig a well, if you're going to put in a well. If you're going to do anything prepping related that involves like building stuff and buying stuff. And especially if you go to dig a well and don't have all of your supplies and infrastructure in place needed, stop. It's not the old days where you can just go down to the hardware store and get one of these gauges because um, the economy was functioning and the country was functioning. Oh, those days are over. So we are doing a workaround on this Mm -hmm. so that we can water the greenhouse. If I had known what I know now about this, I would have thought twice about that greenhouse. Not going to lie, because um, right now I'm watering plants with buckets Mm -hmm. and (laughs) so not what I wanted. But it's an expensive workaround. So I'm letting folks know, yes, we're going to start running it. Glenn and I probably say to each other once or twice a day, nothing works anymore. Yeah. Meaning the country. The country. All right. So we have beaten yeah. that question to well, death. I wanted to add some more, actually, if oh, you don't wow. mind, okay. to water. Um, I mentioned a system. I mentioned four parts of it. A source, treatment, um, storage, and transportation. So the treatment part of it is obviously very important. You know, we live in the Rocky Mountains, and we have this crystal clear, beautiful creek. And if you were to take a cup of water, cool, delicious, refreshing water out of our creek, what would happen to you? You would most likely, and I write about this in my books, and you would most likely, be, based upon what we know, um, be drinking um, a very small micro, microorganism called Jardia, yeah. which will cause huge di- uh, gastro distress. Um, kind of di- like cholera. Kind of like diarrhea kind of stuff. Um, if you are any way um, immunocompromised, it could potentially do worse to you. So um, I, I have backpacked all through the Rocky Mountains for, mo- for most of my childhood and early years. And it's very deceiving. You're looking at these beautiful, crystal clear streams. They're, you know, 8,000 feet up. There's no humans. There's no, no pollution of any kind. What could possibly go wrong? You could drink Jardia. So you need, even in the most beautiful, pristine water, you need to take some sort of measure to, um, to eradicate Jardia. And, there's, and it's pretty easy. You can just boil the water. That's what I used to right. do. The you, problem, though, if you don't mind me interrupting yeah. you, the problem with boiling water is it's time consuming, energy consuming, fuel gotta consuming. Got to have a pot. And then there's also potentially if it's if it's a wood fire, you're giving away your location with smoke. See, yep. everything's a system. Iodine tablets. Yeah. Uh, water treatment uh, situate or systems include iodine tablets, which are only good for a couple of days because after a while, it's not awesome. Well, and the one thing that I truly do recommend that was not around when I was backpacking as a young person is life straws. Yeah. And and it's and it's not just a straw. That's a brand name. It's a you brand can name. search for it. Look up life straw. You will see straws. You will see um, Nalgene bottle filters. They have filters that you can put in just about anything. I totally recommend those. Yeah. And a life straw is pretty amazing. It's a big giant straw that you would put in our creek, for example, and drink and and suck on and drink. I and have taken w- yeah. I have taken one of those. I've stuck. I've stood in a in a murky lake, stuck the straw in the water and drank. And, and I and, and I you lived. didn't die. I lived. You didn't even get sick. <laughs> nope. And uh, some other water treatment uh, scenarios, and this is a particularly good one, would be a Berkey or Sawyer water filter. We are blessed to have two Berkey water filters, and they hold. I don't know, four or five gallons. I'm going to say know. five. Yeah, five yeah. gallons. And they have um, filters in them that have activated charcoal that take out all the bad stuff. and Including Jardia. Including Jardia. And so it's something you need to have. Um, I, a household should have a Berkey or Sawyer. And Sawyer is another brand, and they're very similar, and they're both very good. Have a water filter for that. By the way, a lot of people in peacetime filter their water to filter out all the bad stuff that might be in a municipal water system. So as with many other parts of the prepping world, um, prepper things actually make a lot of sense in peacetime too. So there's, there's treatment storage. We mentioned cisterns. There are, there are 55 gallon water only barrels. Um, You don't want to have a barrel that was used to hold motor oil, right? And have it be your water thing. Don't try to save a couple bucks get water only water grade or food grade plastic barrels 55 gallon barrels and it was a couple years ago they were 120 bucks i'm I sure there's 7000 yeah, now i can imagine now yeah so so just to wrap this up i would direct folks to if this is really on your mind definitely go listen to our prior episode 
for us at our property that we're at now, that is new to us, we have water. We, we have, have a source. We have a source of water. We have, two, we have multiple, but it, I mean, in terms of just the creek, we have a plan for filtering it if we need to. For drinking. We have several 55-gallon water yep. barrels. And we have the- And bil- pumps. And hand pumps. pumps exactly. Water isn't any good sitting nope. in a barrel. So we can Systems. pump and we can filter and we have water for drinking and we, we have water for cleaning. Yeah. So. And as far as transport goes- uh, the, the water is near the house, so that's not an issue. But I went so far because I'm like a prepper weirdo. I went so far as to get a, a backpack frame, an Alice pack frame. Alice is a, the old timey military backpack frames because they're surplus and they were cheap. And some um, five gallon, I want to say five gallon military water jugs they look like the fuel cans right and they're light brown you would see if you saw it you go oh i've seen that in like videos of iraq and afghanistan water only water containers and it's very easy to um, lash a five gallon water can jug whatever you want to call it onto the back backpack frame and somebody could easily carry uh, five gallons of water. If you rely on holding it with your hands, your hands are going to give out and it's it's going to be a bad thing. See, and, and by the way, one of the good things that teenagers are good for is hauling water and uh, in, a, in a crisis. And this is why we say not to get off on the food topic, but I will say when we talk about food, we always talk about this idea that 2000 calories a day because it's on the label on that can of SpaghettiOs that it must be 2000 calories a day. Oh no, no, five gallons of water weighs over 40 pounds. If you're hauling that a mile, you just went through the calories in a can of SpaghettiOs. So you're gonna need way more food because you're gonna be doing things like hauling water. I'm hauling water right now to water in our greenhouse. Yeah. Four gallon jugs. Yeah. It's not fun. No. No. So I think we have answered the we water thing pretty lot, well. Yes. So yes. go ahead with the next one from Moose. From Moose. Um, Moose says, what do you think is making us collectively, this is such a great question, go through the trouble of prepping when most people are content with their normalcy bias, Uggs, which are furry footwear that ugly. Should, should not be worn by Uggs men. Stands for ugly. But Tom Brady did an ad for Uggs because he's not really a man. And pumpkin spice lattes. Nothing is less manly than pumpkin spice lattes. That was my editorializing. Moose continues, I have a feeling it has something to do with discernment and God, but I'm a beginner when it comes to religion. Or do you think our subconscious mind has connected the dots and knows that SHTF is inbound? Is it both? And if it is discernment, why us? To what end? Holy Toledo, what an, what an amazingly wide open question. I will be relatively brief because we spent a lot of time on the other questions, but um, I'll give you my thoughts and then Shelby will give you hers. Um, is why are we, and if you're listening to this show, you're included in this club because you're obviously preparedness minded, right? Why else would you be listening to this? If, why are we um, seeing the need to prep? And, and some of us are able to see over the horizon and realize that events are coming. Some people listening to this, they don't know what it's going to be. They don't know the exact event, if it's an EMP or whatever it is. They just know that they need to prepare. Why is it that we're being called, basically? We're being um, hinted at that we need to prepare. Um, I think that there is obviously a spiritual side to this. Absolutely. I think that God calls on people. God talks to people with little thoughts in the 299 days book series I did. It was called the outside thought and it was capitalized, which should give everybody a hint of who I'm talking about. Um, and so that's, that's part of it. And of course, God is in charge of the universe and he can do whatever he wants and he might be leading people that way. So if you have that little voice, even if you're not, even if you don't think of yourself as quote religious, it might be God talking to you. I'll let you and God work that one out in your life because mm-hmm. I don't know your life and I don't know God. I mean, I don't know how he works because he's way smarter than I am. But the other thing, so from going from the God side of it down to the very practical, secular, earthly thing, I can tell you it is my theory that people that have grown up without stuff, 
I grew up hard. Shelby grew up medium hard, still not easy. Um, when you have been hungry, when you have been without, when you have been scared for your own safety, you look at the world entirely differently because the number one thing you need to prep is the understanding that bad things can happen. Once you open your mind to what I think is an undeniable fact that bad things can happen, then the human mind's next step is to say, well, gee, what should we do about it? And then you're on the road to prepping. So I think uh, growing up poor, and it doesn't have to be dirt poor, um, growing up in austere conditions, um, you know, I mean, we, we know people that were the children of missionaries that grew up in Africa and things like that. I mean, when you have these experiences, that leads you to prep. But what do you think, Shelby? I agree. And I it's interesting. I, I just did a reading recently on Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And that's what we do for fun here in the Tate Gallagher household. That is just an exercise. And but look that up. What I think is interesting: the bottom level of needs. And many of us have been exposed to this in various classes or whatever. The first level of need is just your basic humanistic: I need food, water, shelter. The second one is safety, which is like you need to feel like you are not in danger. Stuff's not going to get stolen. You're not going to get killed. Right. And then there's a third and fourth, and I can't remember what they are. But the first four needs are considered like critical. Like that you'll like die without them. You'll and and it will you will be in harm if you don't get them. And so I, when I read this, that's how. And listening to your answer, that's how I was. Those are the, what was coming back to me. I think as preppers, I think it's worth noting. We need to take care of our first four levels of Maslow's hierarchy right. of needs. We need to take care of our, and if we can, we are prepared then to help others, which is actually can't help anybody if you're dead. Yeah, can't help you, and, and so there's that. And I also there is absolutely a religious, a, a godly component to this. I believe, and I talk about this when I do my live feeds on Facebook, and do prayer times with um, other preppers. God is placing us in this time and place to Absolutely. to be the leaders to be to to be to help other people to help other people to be salt and to light to rebuild this country yes. once it falls apart. And that is a daunting task. And mm-hmm. and and I our, our, our eyes should be on God as we look to that because that is going to it's going to be very crazy coming up. So I, we could go on and on, and I want to get to the next question of that, okay? You bet. Let's do that. So Ben Wheeler, and I want to answer this one before we go into the after show. Uh, he asks, hi, Glenn and Shelby. How are the ranchers in your area handling the changes in feed and market prices from the buyers and the processors? I'm going to answer this one specifically. Mm-hmm. We know a rancher in our area, and I just had a conversation with this person, and she's uh, listening to the show, and I want her to know it's, I'm thinking of you. And the tragedy of this, she is she and her husband are small ranchers, and because of the cost of feed, the cost of feed to feed their small herd for three months, I believe she said for three months in the I, winter. In the winter, I, she said sixty thousand dollars, which is astronomical. Hay prices and and through the roof, just through the roof. Keep in mind, right now, hay fields right now are kicking because we've had so much rain are abundant right now. Sixty thousand dollars, they are going to have to cull. That is kill. Half their Harvest. herd. That is not what they had planned. That's not part of their business plan. That is not that that sort of a- having to take that kind of action makes a producer want to not be in business anymore. We're not even talking about the buying and the selling. We're just talking about how to feed the animals, right? Exactly. And one of the things people need to keep in mind is is this this friend of ours is a microcosm of what's going on exactly. in the industry. Could so, you imagine if she had a thousand head? Right. Or so, two thousand head. So maybe in the short term beef prices don't go up as much because you've got half the herd going to market, so you've got a lot of supply of beef. But guess what? Next year you only have half as many and you only have half as many reproducing. And so this 50% hit in this one year is going to take several years to grow your way out of with reproducing. Think about this on a level uh, of the entire economy. So you're gonna have a big hole in the beef supply situation. That we've already experienced up and down and up and down and very unsteadily through COVID. And processing plants keep 
coincidentally burning to the ground, spontaneous corn combustion being and, and one closing of the reasons. Down from, you know, two years ago, it was closing down from COVID infections, but yeah, crazy stuff. So that's how they're coping. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not good. And, uh, and so it's a big problem. And we see that here in Montana. Well, do you think we have enough time to do one more question? Well, let's, let's tease it. Okay. And we'll carry it over into the after show. Sure, let's do that. I think it's a great question, considering what we just talked about. Yeah. Milk Toast asks, you talk about rendering bacon fat. Does that mean you just keep the grease after cooking the bacon, or is there another step? I've tried to find the answer online and think about this a lot. Thanks, Ivy. So now I know Milk Toast's real name. Oh, Ivy. Okay. Ivy. So um, the, the quick and dirty answer, Ivy, Milk Toast, is I keep all the fat that I get after I've cooked bacon. And I put and I strain it, and I put it in a refrigerator. I looked it up. This is how it's done. Go. There's Glenn. a cool little thing you could order on Amazon. It's a bacon fat storer. I don't strainer know, storer. Strainer thing, and it's like a little teeny like coffee pot thing, and it's got a strainer, and you just pour the stuff in, and it strains it, and then you keep it in the fridge. I don't know how long it lasts. I know that fat can last go, a long time. Go rancid, but I and but if it's refrigerated. Um, and bacon fat is an amazingly wonderful thing. It is an elixir. So to add to that, yes. So I use your bacon fat strainer that you brought to the marriage. Thank you very much. That's right. It was a dowry item. It was a, <laughs> I strain it and then I store it in uh, mason jars in, the re in a refrigerator. Um, you can also freeze that fat. Then I went and looked it up. Tons and tons of things you can do with that fat. You can make soap you can make candles you can cook with it when spread we, it on toast oh my gosh you can uh, um, don't laugh of, it's don't. delicious it's very good so um really good recipes out there for sauteing vegetables it has a higher heat it can take it, you can cook things at a higher heat in it as well if you're keto bacon fat or bacon fat and beef fat are both very good for that would i eat spoonfuls of it that's no. gross no but here's a prepping tip when we get into worse and worse times and butter prices keep doing what they're doing and your recipe calls for, you know, a half a cup of butter, use, there's other things you can use. Another good use for bacon fat that might surprise you would be stews. Um, if you've got meat and veggies yes. and water uh, and you're making a stew, you throw in some bacon fat and it's going to make that stew just creamy and delicious. It's going to be very good. So folks, um, we're going to take more about rendering fats, both um, beef and bacon into the after and show. And a ton of other topics. Much more questions. So again, another motivation to join us in the after show as a Patreon supporter, as well as Patreon supporters get a special event coming up for them later in the summer. Folks, you know this from Benjamin Franklin. He's told us every week that we have this show. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.